everybody. Welcome back. We are in cover to cover unpacking the intimate God. We are here with Pastor Alan Craft, the author of this phenomenal book, as well as KJ Tenza, one of our pastors on staff. And I am Jenny, helping kind of lead this conversation. And we're kind of, we're getting to the end almost here. Or is it just the beginning? Or is it just the beginning? (laughs) Yes. 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 But today we're um, kind of diving into practicing the presence of Jesus. And this, uh, the title of this chapter alone has a lot of weight. So I would love for you to just unpack that. Like, Yeah. Um, I do actually want to comment on, because yeah. I think there is a sense in which the, this whole book was designed to kind of build something mm-hmm. and build into our lives things. And so at this point in the journey... I'm hoping that we are we've built into our life now the practice of stillness, prayer, and scripture. And we're gonna to continue to reinforce that in the remaining weeks. But I think I like to think of that as really those the the kind of the foundation for this mm-hmm. intimacy with Jesus. And then we come to this practicing the presence, which has a very different feel to it, because now it's it's kind of out there. It's uh, as we're living our life. So we've created time for stillness, you know, scripture or prayer and scripture, building that in. But now it's like taking it to the streets, sort of. It's mm-hmm. you, 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 We're taking that, um, the intimacy we're cultivating, and now we're trying to find ways to cultivate that in our everyday lives. So it's not restricted to a 15-minute quiet time in the morning. It's much more than that. And so this one feels... A little different than the others, yes. But it's also so crucial, and um, so yeah. The idea of practicing the presence is how are we intentionally cultivating an awareness of Jesus through our throughout our day, rather than okay, I've done my quiet time and now I got to go to work. And you know, we have that sacred secular kind of divide in our mind. Mm-hmm. This is spiritual, and well, this activity is not spiritual because I'm driving a truck somewhere or I'm, you know, and, and this chapter is sort of an attempt to bridge that gap and help us to bring Jesus and our awareness of him into everything that we do. You said you uh, quoted John Mark Comer, you know, the life to life to the full with Jesus. And I would love, like, how do you apply this in your daily life, you know, like personally? Yeah. Yeah. I think that I love that quote because of the word with. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the ultimate goal, I think, of intimacy with Jesus. It is living life with him. And so the way I am trying to grow in this is to look for those places in my day, um, experiences, things that happen to me, those con- almost contact points where I can slow down, I can be reminded Jesus is with me. Mm. And that's a challenging, that's what this chapter is about. It's just a challenging thing because life is busy and stressful and we're focused on work and all these other things. And so we're trying to um, explore what does it look like to to see ourselves and to be aware of Jesus' presence with us as we're working, as we're focusing on something that doesn't seem very spiritual. What does it look like to do life with Him? I like that. I think, you know, a, a personal experience, you know, with this, I think after reading this chapter, you're you have a heightened awareness of it. And I would find myself 
trying to be intentional, you know, about understanding, like having those little touch point moments and things like that. But then all of a sudden getting to like the end of the workday and being like, I think it's been like four hours, you know, and like, I haven't even, I haven't had that touch point because I've been stressed here and I've let this take over, you know, brain space and things like that. And so I think giving yourself that grace, but letting that awareness kind of build up, you know, has been really helpful. Yeah. I really wanted, I kind of ended the chapter there with a little bit, I wanted people to feel grace Mm -hmm. and not guilt. Yes. Because if we, at the end of our day, how often do you think of Jesus? I mean, that question even can become, well, maybe, you know, a couple times. I really want us to more look at it the way you're talking about, hey, what are the, even if they're just a few touch points Mm -hmm. today, what would that look like to begin incorporating those in throughout our day in an increasing manner, um, but without feeling a guilty obligation about it? but more of an invitational, conversational relationship with Mm -hmm. him that we're we're growing in. Well, and like for me, I think it was too, it it definitely wasn't a guilt thing and gave myself plenty of grace, but I think it was more of the awareness, you know, like I normally don't go that long without touching base with my husband. Right. You know, it's that kind of a thing, but how much more of an intimate relationship should I have with Jesus, you know? And so it was that kind of thought process of like, wow, like it's important to have an awareness of this. It's an important touch point to have. And, you know, so. That's a cool example. Mm -hmm. If your husband, just thinking about Mm -hmm. a text or something, it's, it takes 10 seconds, but. And it's on my brain. Exactly. And there's an emotional connection and then you keep doing what you're doing. That's a really cool um, analogy. I have tons of thoughts that are in my head right now, and I, I was very silent, and I was, like, picking all these things apart. I, th- I think, like, there's the assumption um, that the things I'm doing on a daily basis as being a human being, I can function and do great um, apart from him. Um, mm. But there also is this idea that he is the the author of our existence and the creator of who I am. And he, I operate the best being in tune to him. Hmm. I don't, I don't have a clue how to have a conversation apart from him. I don't know how to have a cup of coffee apart. Like it it will bring you there, right? Like I don't know the food to order apart from him because he knows me best. Um, I don't know. Um, But I was thinking that this whole book began began by um, him asking the question in the garden, where are you? And, and us like searching our hearts, right? Like, where am I? And, and through this journey of, of being still and silent and, and rooted in, in the depth of the scripture and scuba diving that, I think it brings us to ask him the same thing because there's this unity that's happening and our thing in silence and stillness and depth and prayer is where are you? (laughs) And so these like to be able to sit here in this conversation and be like, where are you? And like, he's just dying to show up. 
or he is here and it's just waiting for us to see him um, because he's in pursuit. And, and uh, I think there's a freedom and a fun in asking the question because then I don't have to create a context for him to show up in. Mm-hmm. I don't have to go and hide somewhere and be like, all right, I created this holy place for you to be. <laughs> so it's like, I'm in the bathroom right now. Where are you? You know? And wow. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Um, but there's a, there's a playfulness mm-hmm. that seems to come out that, that intimacy is seeing his heart and him seeing ours and the two of us began to ask each other the same thing in the same places, in the same contexts. And I think it's just fun. Do you talk to God when you're in the bathroom? Yes. I was gonna... It's the liturgy of the ordinary, exactly. right? <laughs> but isn't it funny how Absolutely. at some level there's a shame that we associate with that task. So then... There is a, you know, there's this a is, this weird. This is the best podcast yet. I get. <laughs> no, there's a weird. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to invite him to a holy place, but, but I am experiencing. Uh, okay, I'm just going to. I'm experiencing pain and I I go to the bathroom and I feel better and I say, God, thank you for giving my b- body holes that yep. y- exactly. you are so thoughtful. Yes. You know, like, and I'm crying. Like, that, that's where I go. I think I did hear you. Yeah. Did you say that one time? Yeah. Jewish people praying, yeah. thank God for holes, right? Yeah. And it's like, he God was so made our digestive system. Yeah. But what is it about, like, there's a shame in that and mm-hmm. a sense that I couldn't possibly invite God into that space. And that brings us back to the garden exactly. and hiding. Exactly. Uh-huh. So then we're in this... Yeah, the second we've we've decided in our mind going to the bathroom is it's not sacred. These other things are, and yep. so then we create a life in which there are certain places that Jesus is not. We're not allowing him to be with us. I was going to say go with us, but that wouldn't really yeah <laughs> work as well. It's more in this analogy, but. I think that's a that's a microcosm of something that I think we ought to look at. Mm. We're at work. Well, I'm working on it. Someone's working on an engineering problem. Well, God doesn't care about that. Well, again, it's this. We tell ourselves these yeah. lies. What if God created all this stuff? What if He actually has the answer to that problem you're wrestling right. with? What would it look like to be aware? The adventure, the fun of yep. God. Where are you in this problem I'm trying to figure out? Yep. That. That would be a radically different way of living, and it and would it's bring more a, fun. Exactly, it's just more fun. Yeah, and and I feel our, like you yeah. you kind of embody that. You know, your life is you always have stories, and I think it's because of the lens that you use to see life and see God's hand. So, in in whatever you're experiencing, I Alan, I I truly think like if if Jesus is who He says He is. This is what he's inviting us into. Mm-hmm. Anything else is just, it pales in comparison. Like he wants our hearts. He wants our bodies. He wants us. He wants the intimacy. And I, I, I think like that is, that's the good news of the 
gospel. It is. It's the word with. Yeah. Right? God with, with us. us. That's his name. Exactly. It's it, it, the gospel. It's bowl, yes. not God separated from us right. and then us. It's he is here. Yes, he's come to us. And so then this chapter is about how do we cultivate that awareness of his withness? If he really wants to be with me when I'm going to the bathroom, if he really wants to be with me when I'm at work, if he really wants to be with me in every circumstance of life, what does it look like for us to come out of hiding and to welcome him and to cultivate that awareness in our own lives? And that's where I think some of the things in the chapter or just some practical ways to consider yes. doing this. I love the delight pause mm. that I would love to talk about more because it's funny in our, the last uh, episode that we did, we talked about kind of the, the spectrum, right. Of engagement. Right. And I feel like there's a spectrum of engagement in this as well, where we talk about how, you know, there are moments where you, you have that, event where you have that stillness and you have, you know, and you do create this event for the encounter. But then there's also these times where the encounter can happen in driving in your car, right? you know, and right. how incredible he can work in all the areas, whether you make it this event or not. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, yeah, that's the goal is using simple things like a delight pause to just remind our hearts he is with me and he actually loves me. Um, that's such a cool thing. And it could take 15 seconds. It could take a two minute walk around the building. You just take a break from work and, but just reminding, rerooting our soul in this reality that his face is turned towards mm. me. Um, and his face is shining on me, you know, that number six blessing. Yeah. I just, it'd be really cool just to remind my soul of that a few times every day, right? We could probably just program it into our watches <laughs> exactly. to say, get up and have a delight pause. <laughs> yes. Yes. We have a, I lead a group of men. We've gone through this material and yeah, one of them, um, we've talked about that one set the watch, you know, yeah. to remind them and another one will text each other, you know, just, mm. hey, where are you right now? But it's just that kind of a, what could we do? I think it, you're right. Why, why not leverage technology mm -hmm. to actually build in two alarms? One goes off at nine o'clock, one goes off at three or something, whenever. Mm -hmm. But when you, when your, you know, watch vibrates, you just remember, oh yeah, I want to just stop for a moment. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a cool way to leverage technology um, in order to build into our lives these things that our soul could really be blessed by. Yeah, so I think there's a, a cultural expression of that, that people can speak into each other. Each other, yes. I know, like, um, just a corny example. The other day on Saturday, I was talking to Alan about some heavy conversation. He begins talking and he's processing through all of his things and I just I just got this big smile and I was like I just adore you so much <laughs> and then I was processing through that I'm like I don't know if I adore you I think that's God it, it, mm. that, that like mm. I feel what God feels it was just like you're amazing and I'm just thankful you know and and to be able to have this like 
practice of of calling people yeah. out in the positive. Yeah. And like, like, don't forget, you know, That's God just huge. God's favors on you. You know, God adores you. Um, because there are those times. So if I'm constantly telling myself, God adores me, he delights in me, I'm kind of forcing it sometimes. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But if someone else tells me that, like, hey, I, I, I just I feel like you. God's face is towards you. Mm-hmm. That's, I'm going to pause in that. Big, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, And then the body of Christ begins to shimmer a bit. Like, this is the edification of the body and the affirmation of the body and just having a common practice of that. Speaking so, the truth yeah. in love, yeah. right? Yeah. We yeah. always see that negatively. Yes. Oh, speak the good. truth in love yeah. to This is going to hurt a little. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but what if I'm speaking the truth about how in God love. sees yeah. you? Yeah. Um, I love that, that communal aspect, kind of community aspect yeah. of us reminding each other throughout a day. That we remind ourselves, but also remind those uh-huh. around yeah. us. Uh-huh. Oh, and the impact that could have on your kids too. Like oh, I, no. I go from the yeah. parent moment. Good, but yeah. Like, oh man, rather than this is how I see you. Yep. Like we no. remember those things wow. when people yeah. I just found a a letter from my mom. She passed away in two thousand eleven. I was sorting through some things and this letter, I just found it yesterday and it was just I mean, it was amazing. Um what she was saying, what she wrote to me and uh, how proud she was of me. And I don't know, there were just so many things in there that I thought, wow, this, I'm not going to forget that. I asked Raylene, can we frame that? I want to put this up oh, in my nice. office, but the words, we, we have this gift of, to speak and we can speak life into people, you yeah. know, um, and the impact people remember that the impact that has is mm-hmm. huge. Words are very powerful, for sure. Yeah. I think one another concept that you talked about in this was simple prayer. Uh-huh. I would love to kind of unpack that a little bit. Yeah, that's kind of a new concept for me. I um, read it in a book called Simple Prayer and thought this might be a connection point mm-hmm. with some people. It's something in the history you probably are aware of this. So the, you could speak even more into it. But historically, Christians have done this. They've taken a little portion of scripture, your kingdom come, or Lord Jesus, have mercy on me, a mm-hmm. sinner from Luke 18. And so, but they, there's something about repeating, for me, it's probably the spiritual breathing is when I do sure. it most, but a repeating a Bible phrase, a prayer from scripture, a phrase from scripture, there's something very centering about that. And it allows us to, um, to kind of refocus in the moment and we're letting the word refocus us in that moment. It's good. Have, have you? Yeah, I've, I've definitely heard that. I don't, I, I have not practiced that. Yep. Um, but, but, but like, um, I've definitely heard that, that the short passages, they, or, or, or short phrases, they, they, they allow you to sit in them and hold on to the point compared to just passing through and saying them. And there's power in the repetition for our experience. So it isn't saying the same thing to God over and over and over, like he needs right. to hear it, but it's... I have to hear this. That's a great point. Because some people can use it in sort of a legalistic, ritualistic right. way. That's not what this is at all. Right. It's 
by it's the the repetition actually enables us to, to actually center. see right. ourselves in it to embrace yeah. it to, oh yeah I get it now it's kind of like what we were talking about last in last episode about spending a year in one verse right. I mean it, that's inevitably happening I'm yep. guessing that yep. those phrases you're chewing on in such a way that is impacting you yeah. I mean, it's um, uh, that there's a, a prayer that's very common of Lord have mercy on me as a sinner, right? Like, um, so in the past, in the Catholic Church, that's a very common, you know, phrase that you'll say over and over and over and over again. And people say, man, why are they beating themselves up? But I would say that they actually understand who they are as a sinner. Um, it brings them to this place of holy introspection compared yep. to be, be, beating themselves up and calling themselves a sinner. It's they see who they are in the presence of God. Yep. Um, so in fact, uh, I don't need to get there. But um, <laughs> there is something in the simplicity of it, especially in a culture of people thinking that their prayers have to be complex. Right. They don't have to be. They really don't. I think, yeah, be still and know that I'm God or any of these short phrases. Maybe there are passages that really are meaningful to us and we just re remember these things. Why not use that as a touch point mm -hmm. with God, you know? Um, and I do think that it's from Luke, I think it's Luke 18, um, that Lord Jesus, it wasn't Lord Jesus Christ, but the the tax collector and the Pharisee and the contrast there. Yep. The Pharisee is, God, I thank you that I'm not like all these other people. I tithe and I haven't blah, blah. And then you have this tax collector who is beating his breasts yep. saying, God, have mercy on me. Yep. And so you see the beauty of that prayer. In context. Exactly. Because the thing you're actually saying is, I see you. Yes, I know who you are. Yep. And so you take that heart of confession mm -hmm. to here's who I am before you. Yep. Now we wouldn't, that wouldn't be the only thing we would want someone to pray, right? right? Mm -hmm. That's some, because you could kind of get stuck. It's always right. about that, but it becomes an important part of just a. An intro, an entryway right, into. Into this place of maybe my, my connection with the Lord is in a need I have mm -hmm. right now, an mm -hmm. awareness of my own brokenness or sin. But there are other places, maybe it's joy, maybe it's delighting in something. But the simple prayer becomes a, yeah, a simple way to use just a small phrase in scripture um, as a way to kind of redirect our heart and remind us of God's presence with us. I think it's important too, when you talked about like the exploring like negative emotions to mm -hmm. go deeper in I think that that is such, you know, we talk about, um, ask, did you ask God, you know, kind of thing, you know, but it's like in those negative emotions or those hard emotions, like, do we go there with God or do, you know, what is it that we're looking for in those simple moments and those, you know. I, yeah, I, this is what I do connect with a lot because we have negative emotions right. every day. There are things we experience that stir negative emotions in us. That becomes a touch point with the Lord. That becomes an opportunity to the, for Jesus to be with us. 
And uh, so I think that's so accessible. And it, to me, it's fascinating that the second, I think it's the second question in the Bible. The first one is, where are you? What's the second one in Genesis 4? Why are you so angry? God is asking Cain, why are you so angry? He's urging him to explore his own heart, to to let his anger be a point in which he stops and he explores that. I mean, what a what an amazing concept mm-hmm. of inviting Jesus to be with us in whatever emotions we experience throughout a day. And that what I love about it is I've started feeling anxiety or I start to feel that I'm already feeling something. It's already arresting me in some way. It's causing mm-hmm. me to experience something, why not welcome Jesus into that place? Is that a pattern in the book of Psalms too? Yeah. It seems that the different Psalms are bringing up, I'm I'm angry, I'm abandoned, I'm yep. hurting, mm-hmm. I'm, where in are you? Books in the Bible, and yeah. Then it's like, oh, there you are, I praise your name, you're amazing, you are holy. <laughs> there it's you like, are. It's whole thing. And then the Psalms begin again. I'm, I feel hurt by you. Yeah. You didn't do what you said. Ew, where are you? Yeah. There you are. You know, it's this, it's like our feelings of being human are the gate Gateway. to his presence. Right. Oh, that's so good. Because, yeah, why are you so downcast, my soul? That's yeah. Psalm 42 or something. What's he doing? He is exploring his downcastness. He's exploring the discouragement or the depression, whatever he feels in that moment. And it does, it becomes this gateway to God's nearness and to the reality that God is with him in that moment. But had he not stopped to express it, right, to explore his soul, he would have, I think, missed a a touch point, a connection point. Or even the that psalm of, of Jesus on the cross crying out, you know, my God, my God, you know, why have you forsaken me? The dogs are around me, or blah, blah, blah. There you are. And it's just this like, mm. but, but he doesn't get there. But he's right. pointing at this passage that, that if you, it's a salvation passage, mm. um, it, that our pain, our anxieties, our emptiness, they all open the door to his profound presence. It's mm. almost. It allowing your daily emotions to be kind of the stepping stones of yes. your touch points. That's in. exactly oh, what that's yeah. good. Because we don't through we don't go through a day without experiencing emotion. Right. So what if we just leveraged we huh. realize what's happening in our heart and we leverage those places. That's good. To welcome Jesus into that space. And it's like happening all the time. Right. Oh, absolutely. So it everything is, is a touch. Everything, yep. right this yeah. moment. And it could be, it doesn't have to be a negative emotion. Yeah. Those are the obvious ones. It could be a, a positive, just feeling joy. Yeah. Wow, that was such a fun experience. Thank you, Lord. We're just welcoming him into our heart, what our heart is experiencing at any given moment. That's really, that's a great, mm. great concept. I think too, the, uh, in the chapter, you talked about like setting realistic goals for the day. I would love, like, what are your realistic goals? What are your realistic goals? This is going to be my new realistic goal. (laughs) Like in having those, uh, that awareness. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it depends on how someone's wired, you Mm -hmm. know, if they're wired towards goal oriented. I think in that part of the book, I was, I was addressing something that someone had 
mentioned to me that they just felt like a failure because they only right. thought about the Lord three times that day. And I'm like, hey, if you start at zero, that's actually a pretty cool thing that today you had three. And yeah. so I was really trying to go after it. I don't quite think about it that way as much as more of a, I just want to keep growing in this mm -hmm. conversational prayer life with God and um, these, you know, being delighted in um, and really tuning into my emotions. Those are the two that I probably lean into the conversational prayer and my emotions. Um, so I don't really see it as much of a goal orientation as um, just a, an invitation to welcome Jesus into every part of my my experience that day. I love that. Yeah, I th I, I don't have goals either. Um, really, th I th would not put that on you guys. There are things I'm well, improving area, on <laughs> in our. There are things that I feel like I'm improving on in our relationship. Um, and I think, uh, um, he, he, I feel like Jesus and I are, are really great together. Um, the things I'm trying to work on is when I'm with somebody else and, uh, seeing what he's doing if someone else is present mm. um and and knowing he's present in the other and he's alongside the other and he has something special with the other and and it, it isn't just him and I in those cases and I I don't have a whole a lot of experience in that mm -hmm. and I'm trying to get better at it sounds like so. a goal to me but... that's what I'm saying I'm like I'm but it isn't, it, it, but it's just different. Yeah. It's a, how are he and I growing together yeah. in different contexts? Yeah, and I think that I just that. raises the question, just a reminder of how we adapt this material yep. to our own lives. And I think for some people, like Frank Laback, I think I mentioned him in the, in the chapter, but he had this goal orientation. He had percentages and all this stuff. That was just the way his brain kind of worked, and that was actually really helpful for him. Mm -hmm. For other people, that would not be helpful. Be intimidating. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think you just kind of realize the goal is how do we cultivate and awareness for yeah. some people, like I'm going to set an alarm on my phone and that's going to help remind me. And other people like, I don't want to do that. That's going to feel, you know, too forced right. or whatever. Right. And so it's trying to, trying to adapt and figure out how God has wired us and just not lose sight of the goal mm -hmm. and how we move towards that goal is growing in our experience of Jesus being with our awareness of Jesus being with us. And it's, it's, probable there will be things up front that'll be awesome. You know, someone can set a timer and that's been helpful. And that's going to hit the point of why am I doing this? Yep. And yeah. that's awesome. Pursue him. Like, like figure yep. out something up. Like how are you, mm. the two of you growing? Growing. It's adapting. Uh, yeah. I love yeah. that. That's really good. We don't want to get stuck in something that stops working for us just because it becomes yeah. mundane or exactly yeah, there's so much yeah there's so much discovery and adventure in this whole thing and try an, another way to be reminded of this uh, I, I love that 
Guys, thank you so much, both of you, for um, being here and for you as well. Hey, head over to alancraft.com. We've got all the resources for the book available over there. Um, lots of fun things that you can kind of dive deeper into. Um, also, let us know where you're at um, in just kind of experiencing Jesus throughout your day. We would love to hear like how you're encountering this um, and just kind of hear those stories. So um, we're excited to finish up the last chapter with you next week, and we will see you then. Thank you.